Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. We're going to be looking at the temptation of Jesus Christ when the scripture said he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. There are many of you listening to me right now that are going through opportunities where the enemy is trying to get you to turn your back on God, do something sinful, or to disappoint God in some way. I want you to listen to these messages so you can know how to respond when that thief comes who wants to kill, steal, and destroy your walk with the Lord. Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. This message is designed for those who are right in the middle of a spiritual battle. I want you to know that God is on your side and he will help you to be victorious. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. Thy word have I hid in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you. You got to have this word not in your mind. You got to have this word in your heart. It's not enough to carry it along with you. When you read it enough and you meditate on it enough, it's in your heart. And when the enemy comes in, the Lord by his divine power and his spirit will bring you just the word you need to combat the enemy. Jesus defeated the devil just like you and I are going to have to defeat him with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Those are our weapons, the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The Bible tells us to take the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. (laughs) Y'all like, we don't? If you don't have the Spirit of God, then you better be scared. But if you got the Spirit of God, then you don't have to be afraid of the devil. The devil don't like to hang around the word of God and the spirit of God in folks. When the Holy Spirit's in the room, the devil don't like that. He's not going to stick around too long when the spirit of God is operating in the place and in the room. Because he knows at any moment he's lying to get beat up. He likes to hang around where there's demonic forces at work and there's an entree and an entry for him to do some work because people are accepting or ignorant or afraid. He'll hang around there, but when the Holy Spirit's moving and the power of God is in the place, he don't don't like to hang around. He don't like to hang around too much praise and worship because he knows what the people of God are praising God and worshiping God from the sincerity of their heart. It won't be long for the Spirit of God and the power of God is in that place. He doesn't like that worship. He doesn't like it. That's why he, he fights real hard for people not to come to worship. You ever notice that? Oh, they're just singing. I'm going to get there for the preaching. It's hard for people to raise their hands and open their mouths unless they're at a football game. You can praise all you want to at the football game, the basketball game, but when you come to church, you know, you just don't feel like it. Let your favorite team score. Folks in front of you are going to tell you to shut up. But come to church, they got to tell you to open up. Come on, open your mouth and praise God in this place. Who they just singing too long. When are we going to sit down? Lord, I hate going because they just take too long for the singing. And you wonder why when the enemy, every time you look up, your stuff is all raggedy and the enemy is always messing with you because there's no praise, there's no worship, there's no word, and he feels very comfortable hanging around your house. In his temptation, Jesus overcame the three categories of sin listed in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Here's what John told us. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Look at these three things. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eye, and the boasting of what he has and does come not from the Father, but from the world. 
So refusing to satisfy his hunger by turning stones into bread, he conquered the lust for physical pleasure. By rejecting Satan's dare to jump from the top of the temple, he conquered pride in one's possessions. And by turning down Satan's offer of the kingdoms of the world, he conquered his lust for everything that he can see. Satan took him and showed him, look at all this, you can have this. That's the lust of the eye. We have problems in those three areas, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. What we have, what we do, what we need to get, what we feel like we need to do to feel better. If it feels good, the world says, do it. Jesus responded to each temptation by quoting scriptures, showing his own familiarity with the scriptures, and setting an example for us. The Bible says he's our example. In Hebrew chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible tells us we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who have been tempted in every way, just like we're going to be tempted, but he was without sin. He said, you don't have to worry. I know you're going through some stuff. I know what you're feeling. I know how, how it is. I know how it is when the devil comes to you trying to mess with you. He says, I was out there and he came and messed with me. I know how it is. He's been tempted in every way that you have been tempted. But he said, then let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. We don't have to be embarrassed when we go before him. He knows what you're going through. So when you're having some issues, when you didn't quite make it like you thought you was, go to him and say, Lord, forgive me and strengthen me so that I can make it and pass the test. Jesus wanted to be our example. Until Jesus came on the scene, Satan was whooping up on everybody. Everybody he came in contact with, he defeated them. Adam got kicked out of the garden when Satan got through with them. When he got through with Moses, Moses got kept out of the promised land. Samson, he got Samson in Delilah's lap, and he got Davis in Bathsheba's trap. But when Satan ran up to Jesus in the wilderness, he got a beat down that he haven't ever forgotten. Adam couldn't do it. Abraham couldn't do it. Moses couldn't do it. David couldn't do it. But when he ran up to Jesus, Jesus gave him a beat down. So Jesus is our example that we have the power to defeat the enemy when he comes to tempt us and entice us. And it's important to our psyche that we have seen the example of the devil getting beat down by someone who says that we can do the same thing. I was thinking about this. The, the official time for the one-mile run was first recorded in 1865 when Richard Webster ran the mile in a record time of 4 minutes and 36.5 seconds. He ran the one mile, 4 minutes, 36.5 seconds. Don't you know it was almost 100 years later before somebody broke the four-minute mile. And they were saying, you know, it's impossible to run that. The fastest man can't make the four-minute mile. You just can't run the mile under four minutes. And then finally, in 1954, Roger Bannister ran the mile in the new world record of three minutes, 59.4 seconds, and he broke, the, he broke that after 90, almost 90 years, he broke that record. And don't you know less than one month later, somebody else broke it? 
You know why they say, you know, it can be done. I saw somebody do it. It can be done. Now, if you're going to run the mile under four minutes, you ain't going to make it in the race. Why? Because that's the standard. But before Jesus beat the devil, nobody thought he could be defeated. Now that we've seen that he can get a beat down, he said, you can do the same thing too. We can whoop the devil. He said, greater power will I give you. He told his disciples, I give you power and authority over the devil and everything the devil bring your way. You don't have to be afraid of him. Just stay with the word of God and the Holy Spirit. He says in Acts chapter 1, 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when you got the Holy Spirit in you, the devil don't like to mess with you. I want you to know today you can make it. Jesus in this battle was our example. That if you have a vision and God has a purpose for your life, the first example is for you to understand is that you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tested. Don't be surprised when the enemy comes. Jesus wasn't surprised that he came because the Spirit led him out there and said, listen, go out there and give the devil a beat down. He's coming. So don't be surprised. If you're going to do anything for God, he's going to come and mess with you. But the good news is God has already given you power and authority over the enemy. If you're a believer today, know that with the word of God and the spirit of God, you're able to resist and to overcome everything that the enemy brings your way. James tells us in his book, he says, if you submit yourself to God, you can resist the devil and he'll do what? The Bible says he'll flee from you. You can resist him and he'll run from you if you submit yourself to God. Now, that's the key, submitting ourselves to God, to God's authority in our lives. Then we could, we could resist the devil. If we're not submitted to God, we can't resist. But when we are submitted to God and his power in our lives, we can resist and he don't want to mess with us. You know why? He got a whole lot of folks that are, that are weak. He go mess with them. You know, uh, you don't want to whoop up on somebody who try to mess with somebody who's stronger than you and powerful than you. You go mess with somebody who you think you can you know, if you, got, if you want to get into a fight, you don't want to just go grab somebody that, you know, you don't think you're going to whoop. Unless you just don't have good sense. Well, I'm going to take a good look at him and try to size him up before I tackle him. Now, bring me a midget. I'll go with him all day long. But I'm not going to run up on, up on no giant. And that's the way the enemy is. If you're a giant in the Lord, he's not going to mess with you. He'll pass you by and go to that little midget believer that just barely making it, just barely trusting, barely reading, barely praying, barely thinking about the things of God. He'll slap you around all day long. Every time the altar's open, you got to come get prayed over again. Just pray. I need more scrint. I need some scrint. I need some scrint. I need scrint from the Lord. I so you need strength? Every week you need more strength? When are you going to get strong? We just talked about the weight challenge. You know, when I first got going there, I could just pick up a little bit. But the more I worked out, the better, more strength I got. And that's the way it's going to have to be done spiritually. You got to work out in the word. You got to work out in your obedience. You got to work out in your prayer. And the more you work out, guess what? The stronger you become. When the devil see you buffed in the Lord, he ain't going to mess with you. But every couch potato going to get whooped. I want to let you know that you have the power and authority of Jesus Christ. He demonstrated what he's able to do. Will you bow your heads with me today? 
Father, we thank you for demonstrating to us that you're able and we're able through your divine power and through your word to resist every temptation of the enemy, that we don't have to be defeated, but we are overcomers. God, that you've given us strength. You told us to put on the whole armor of God so that we may be able to stand and uh, to be able to resist the wiles of the enemy and be victorious. We thank you for equipping us with every spiritual weapon. We thank you, Lord, for the shield of faith. We thank you for the helmet of salvation. We thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. We thank you, Lord, for the sword of the Spirit. We thank you for everything you have given us, Father, and equipped us to be victorious against the enemy. We don't have to be afraid. We thank you, Lord, for strengthening your people. Help us, God, to exercise ourselves unto righteousness and unto godliness. Help us to be strong in the word, to be strong in your, in your power and in your might. We thank you, Lord, for building up this body of believers. Father, somebody leave here today and make a determination in their heart that they're going to strengthen themselves in the word, strengthen themselves in fasting and prayer. We thank you for it right now. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call The Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.